stop mo. Hello, stop mo. Hello, stop mo. Welcome to Hello, Stop Mo, an educational limited series created and hosted by me, Alexis Dupre, and me, Casey Folan. We are here to empower you with introductory knowledge of the stop motion industry to help reduce barriers of entry for newcomers, as well as demystify how to navigate this career. This podcast is made in partnership with Animation Wildcard and the Ink and Paint Folk podcast. Huzzah! Hello, stop mo. Hello, stop mo. Today on Hello, Stop Mo, we are chatting about what you'll need to get started in stop motion, as well as a few handy tips to give you a jump start. Yay! <laughs> Cool. So, I mean, I think the main thing is just talking about, you know, a basic starter kit. Like, what are the bare bones of what you need to start shooting your own stop motion animation? Lex, what do you think is the first thing you'll need? Broad strokes. Yes. You'll need a camera, some stop motion capture software, a subject of some sort, and potentially a lighting source. That's the easiest way to control everything in your shot. Even as a basic beginner, never done this before, those are the four things that you kind of want to have right at the ready. An optional addition is some editing software. So in case you want to clean anything up or you want to change some ordering or if you want to have a couple of shots and put them all together, that's also kind of a nice thing, even just for an early simple project. Yeah, so if you're making like (laughs) a mini movie... (laughs) A tiny one. A tiny one. You want to start practicing storytelling. Like that's a, that's a great thing to have in addition. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think the main thing to, to get to is just get to the point where you have what you need and feel comfortable with working with. So you kind of take some of those initial questions out of it and all you have to really worry about is making your short or making your, the shot or whatever you're, you're playing around with in stop motion. Or just learning how to animate from the basic beginnings, which also there are plenty of, if you want to look and see like, what should I do as I'm learning how to animate? There are so many things out there. It's like first 10 exercises that that's like a really awesome place to start, which is literally just learning how timing works and like how to move an object in space and like increments, which is like a huge thing to start to get familiar with. Those are all the basics. Mm -hmm. Now. If we want to talk about some specifics about those basics. Specific (laughs) basics. Specific (laughs) basics. Yeah. So for a camera, I think that, you know, the easiest place for most people to start is with their phone um, because you usually have a camera on your phone and you can usually download a stop motion app also on your phone. So you can kind of get your software and your camera all in the same place. So that's a good place to start. But if, you know, maybe you need your phone for other things. (laughs) Uh, You could go with a webcam that you can plug into your computer or another kind of digital camera. Kind of the high end of it is a DSLR camera, but you know, you don't really need that to get started. That's kind of Mm -mm. advanced, more expensive kind of camera. So get a camera that works with whatever software you're using. And that's pretty much all you need. And I'd say a couple of secondary things about your Mm -hmm. camera is having a power source for any of those options, whether it's your phone or a webcam or, you know, a digital camera, you are going to spend a long time animating. So you do not want to just rely on a battery because it will eventually die. So you want to make sure that you are plugged in to an electric power source continuously. And then additional to that is a way of holding that camera. So uh, either like a little baby tripod or something that you can just 
make sure that your camera is staying stationary. It could be like a block of wood or something that just makes sure that like it's not moving anywhere because that way you have control over what you're looking at and your camera's not moving all over the place willy-nilly. If you, if you want to work on camera moves. That is a separate thing. <laughs> that is a separate thing, yeah. For the most part, it'll it'll help you out a lot when you're starting out if your camera is not moving. Yes, because then the only thing you have to focus on is just understanding how your subject is moving and not trying to compensate for a wiggly camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and along those lines is, you know, being able to set whatever camera you're using to manual so that your camera's not trying to autofocus and adjust exposure as you're going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, manual function is very helpful. So I think that's everything for cameras in the basic land. Mm-hmm. So next is that soft motion software that's going to talk to your camera. And that way you'll also be able to see a playback of your animation and see like how you're progressing and how quickly things are moving. And so there are a couple options for this and nearly all of them you can change, you know, your frame rate, which is like how many frames per second, which is a, a pretty critical word to know that you are shooting on. So you can do 12 frames per second, 24 frames per second, 30. There's a couple of, you know, standard options for how we work in the professional industry. So it's probably good to get to know those specifically first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the the minimum of what you would need to get started is 12 frames per second, which is mm-hmm. the equivalent to shooting, quote unquote, on twos in at a 24 frames per second. Let's explain on twos. Yes, the, the standard for most animation is 24 frames per second. So 24 images in a second. And that just has to do with, you know, how the human eye works and perceives motion. So if you shoot on 12, or 12 frames per second, then that's the equivalent to shooting on two. So for now, that's kind of the basics of it. You don't want to shoot at a number lower than 12 frames per second because then you'll mm-hmm. kind of, it'll be all jerky. And you kind of want to learn, you know, if you if you want to get really smooth, eventually you might want to try 30. But for the most part, 12 is a good place to start mm-hmm. and is pretty significant for just the workplace as well. So in case you want to get there, 12 is a good place to start. So talking specifically about the software, Casey, you want to talk about the Stop Motion Studio app? Yeah, that's kind of the most popular app for Stop Motion, and you can get it from the App Store. And it's about, I just looked it up, it's like $5 for the the more advanced version. I think there's a, a free version as well. So pretty accessible as far as cost, and I think it has a good amount of features. So definitely a good place to start if you're using your phone. And then another one that I found is Anima Shooter, and that's for Windows. So if you're shooting on a PC and you're plugging your camera in to your computer, that's an option. And that's like, a, I think max is like $50 for that, but there's a few different iterations of it along the way. And then kind of, you know, our industry standard one is Dragon Frame, but there are some educational discounts in there, but that is a little bit, you know, you kind of want to you know, play around with maybe one of the cheaper softwares first before you make that investment. It's a great program. It's like has a ton of features and it's very and you can do a lot with it, but you don't really need it to get started. No. And it's more like the program where it's like if you've decided stop motion is for me, then getting to know Dragonframe would be really good for you to use at a certain point. Mm-hmm. But in all of three of those options, there are free versions, so you can try them out before you commit to anything. Mm-hmm. Though usually with the free version, there's either a watermark that's just going to be an, on your animation no matter what you do, or you just won't have full access to all of the tools in that toolkit. 
So you might just have a much more pared down version of any of that software. Which is so good when you're getting started because then, you know, mm -hmm. you have less bells and whistles to get distracted by. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's plenty of distractions. You don't want to do that just yet. Just stick yeah. to the basics. Yeah. And speaking of a place where there can be a lot of distractions <laughs> <laughs> is the subject of what you will be shooting. Uh, right. So this is whatever is in front of the camera that you're taking a picture of. And that can kind of get very elaborate and something that people get excited about in stop motion. But I think just starting out, start as simple as you can. People can get tied up in wanting to, you know, build a pretty advanced puppet first off. But starting with something that maybe is a doll or an action figure that already has articulated joints is a great place to start. So like a lot of people start with Legos or something malleable like clay. And, you know, with clay, you have a wider range of things you can do with it as well. You can use it for your, those basics that we touched on where it's like, you know, seeing how fast something can move through frame is great. Just make a little ball of clay and see how fast you can push it through, whether it's a big increment or a small increment. Or you can start to figure out like morphing shapes and trying to get from one shape to another. So there's a lot of things that you can explore with clay just from a very basic standpoint without making a figurine or anything like that just shapes and, and figuring out space and timing. Yeah. And I think the same goes for, you know, your set that you're shooting in. And that mm -hmm. can be as simple as, you know, a sturdy table that's not going to wobble around on you and an existing wall in whatever space you are. Like that's, that's really all you need. Mm -hmm. And I think once you get more of a feel for the process, you can dig into, you know, maybe making your own puppet or armature or getting into set building, but that, that can kind of come later. I think when you're first getting started, you know, just start with just what you need and start animating. I think that is a great thing to bring up because the other thing too, is like, if you wanted to pursue this as a career at some point, most of those jobs are all separate from each other. So it's good, you know, as you start getting through this process to start to hone in on what aspects of it you like to do, whether it's making things or actually animating, but you definitely want to get a feel for just what it's like to shoot first and then move into all that stuff second. That's true. Like you don't need a lot to tell a story. And I think that's what we're, what we're getting at here is it's a very accessible medium. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we can get in our own way. <laughs> of, for sure. Of letting ourselves tell a little story. So and it's, it's also, you know, a very technical skill. So right now you're trying to build the skills so that you can tell the stories. So it's like, you need to have technical skill as well as artistry. And, you know, sometimes with technical skill, you just really have to start with the rudimentary basics and get a handle on those before you can start using it to your artistic advantage. Yeah, taking it one step at a time. Okay. And also speaking of other things that we should try and control in our space is light. Light can make for, you know, a very complicated beast if we have too many things happening at once. So first of all, you want to be in a space that you can make nearly black. So cover up that window with a light blocking curtain. If there's any gaps around your doors, maybe, you know, stuff a towel in there or something. And you just want to get it as dark as possible. So that way you don't have any what we call light leaks coming in from anywhere. So that way you can control that space a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And then you can turn on a single lamp and that will be your light source or a couple lamps where 
you know, if you want to get fancy with it for a little bit. <laughs> if you want to get fancy. If you want to get a little fancy. But, you know, at least then you know where your light is coming from and then you can control for it a little bit better. Yeah. And again, we don't really recommend battery powered. You want to, no. you want to be able to <laughs> plug in your lights um, and have a consistent source of power because it takes a while <laughs> to shoot stop motion. Oh, also make sure you have a backup bulb that matches the one that's currently in your lamp. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh or you'll be running to the store. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, bulbs come in different temperatures. So what if you have a cool temperature bulb and then you replace it with a warm temperature bulb? You're suddenly going to go from a white light to a yellow light and then you're going to be very confused in the middle of your shot. Yeah. So like a cool temperature light will be a little bit more blue. Um, mm-hmm. There's a much more advanced explanation to it. Sure. <laughs> we'll just keep it to the simple stuff. Yeah. If you can just, you know, use the same light that is what you want and then just a note about um if you're using led lights if you can get ones that are flicker free or meant you know for shooting um in a film context that that'll be really helpful because it has to do with the the frequency of light waves they'll it'll it'll create some flicker and you won't see it till later and you'll wonder why and i've definitely (laughs) been there been like why (laughs) why did this happen so just a tip, not with the whole drawn out explanation of the physics of light, but <laughs> just something to know. And that's something that's easily Googleable. Flicker free LED lights. Yeah, it's harder to Google the problem later. <laughs> I exactly. And why it's happening. So you just kind of yeah. want to have that in your mind ahead of time. Yeah, just a tip. And yeah, editing software, which we talked about briefly before, but yeah, it'll just help you kind of once you have the frames of one shot, you could add them or adjust them later, but you don't necessarily need that starting out, but you can. And there's, you know, plenty of editing software out there. A lot of people use Adobe Premiere. But there's some, but there's also some free software that comes on your Mac. Yeah, like iMovie. Like iMovie. I don't use a PC, so I don't know specifically for that. There's also apps too. I know there are tons of apps for also just cleaning things up, which Maybe I should have looked up before getting to this point, but I'm pretty sure they're pretty easy to find. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's definitely optional and, you know, something you, you can worry about after you shoot. Absolutely. So it's not, not essential. And we're also focusing on the basics, so you probably don't need it just yet. Yeah, yeah, you'll be all right. So a couple more tips. More tips. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay, something that a lot of people don't know <laughs> mm-hmm. is that you can glue just about anything. <laughs> yes, with hot glue specifically. Yeah, to keep things from moving um, and creating chatter that you don't want. So you want your puppet or whatever you're animating to be moving, but usually you don't want anything else to move when you're not expecting it to. So hot glue is a, a good friend. And there's this kind of tip from, I guess, industry tip that can totally be done by someone working at home that a lot of people starting out don't know. And that's that you can put tape down on whatever surface you're using. So if you put tape down on your floor, you can hot glue your tripod to the floor and then you won't accidentally kick the camera. And that can kind of apply to anything. So some props in the background that you don't plan to animate. And specifically when we say tape, we mean something that is low tack, which is like a blue painter's tape. Low tack means it's like it's sticky, but it's not too sticky. Yeah, it's like not going to mess with the surface of, you know, your home or wherever you're shooting. Mm -hmm. But if you're shooting on concrete, you know, you can get into a a much stronger tape and and you can you can really trip on that camera. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, when we're at work, we actually shoot mostly on concrete. And so when you put hot glue on concrete, 
it's a little bit porous and it really wants to stay there. So when we actually need to break and take everything down, another tip is that we use rubbing alcohol to break the seal on hot glue, but it can also eat through paint. So use that sparingly. Yeah. Isopropyl alcohol, uh, 70% is fine. And then, yeah, another hot glue related tip. (laughs) Hot glue is, okay. I don't know if anybody knows this, but hot glue is the hero behind most stop motion. Yeah. It, there's a lot of hot glue involved. It's so much hot glue. Yeah. (laughs) At work, we buy the like industrial size pack of hot glue. (laughs) Absolutely. So many sticks. Multiple temperatures also. I would definitely say stick with a low temp because it will burn you. And unless you're very comfortable with that gun, be very careful of your fingers and where that glue is headed. Yeah, yeah. And the other tip I was going to say that's related to just hot glue being hot is canned <laughs> air or dust off is is your friend with hot glue because most versions of it, if you turn it upside down, it turns into a little bit of a freeze spray. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, use it sparingly just because it has bitter in it and is... You don't want to spray it around too much, but Mm -mm. it's helpful. But it will freeze hot glue because it's cold and hot glue is hot. So it takes the heat right out of the hot glue. Yeah, it's it's a big help. Yeah, I think kind of related to locking things down and and keeping things from moving that you don't want to move is just avoiding this thing we call set shift as much Mm -hmm. as you can. So and that's just has to do with, you know, your materials kind of moving over time. And that's related to temperature and humidity. And it's something that you definitely don't notice day to day, but you will notice if you leave your setup overnight and come back to a shot. So if you can, you know, just when you're starting out, a tip is to, you know, leave yourself enough time to, to animate what you want to animate in one sitting versus, you know, having to leave it overnight and come back to it because um, things will probably move. Yep. Things tend to breathe. Yeah. And it's not terrible, but, you know, if you're if you're starting to maybe string your shots together and, and want them to look a little bit nicer, it's something to keep in mind. Absolutely. No, I, I think I think that's kind of the end of the tips, at least for just the, the bare bones of just get in there and start doing it and control as much as you possibly can. And you can just focus on animating. Yeah. Get yourself to a comfortable setup and, you know, make stop motion. (laughs) (laughs) Now you have all the tips and all the basics you'll need to just get in there and get started in stop motion animation. In our next episode, we'll be chatting with Musay Brooker about traditional and non-traditional education paths in stop motion. Thank you for listening to this episode of the educational limited series, Hello Stop Mo made in partnership with Animation Wildcard and the Ink and Paint Folk podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for any additional resources mentioned in this episode. And please subscribe, rate, and review to help us reach more listeners. Thanks to Ellen Coons and Lee Young for the music in this episode. This series is created and hosted by me, Alexis Dupre. And me, Casey Bolin. And produced by me, Cassie Soliday. To learn more about the people behind this podcast, find us online. You can find me, Casey Bolin, at CatalystCastleStudios.com or at CatalystCastleStudios on Instagram. You can find me, Alexis Dupre, at Threadwood.com or at underscore Threadwood on Instagram and at Threadwood on TikTok. And you can find me, Cassie Soliday, at Cassassi.com or at Cassie Soliday on Instagram and Twitter. You can find out more about the partners behind this podcast at animationwildcard.com and at animationwildcard on Instagram and YouTube. And the Ink and Paint Folk podcast is wherever you listen to podcasts and at Ink and Paint Folk on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Hello Stop Mo. Bye. Bye. Hello Stop Mo.
Hello, stop mouth.